Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. We have a um, testimony before we go any further this morning. I think um, Todd and Tina are going to come up and share with us about stuff going on in their lives right now. So let's welcome them as they come. Hey, guys. Hey. Who's first? Who's first? You're going to do the whole deal, huh? This is Todd and Tina, and we asked him to come. He's been in our church for how long now? 22 years. 22 years. Wow. Stay with us through the thick and the thin. And yeah, I was eight when I came. You were eight when you came, that's right. Yeah, no, I was, I was seven. I was seven. <laughs> anyway, um, they're leaders. They've been leaders in our church for a while now, and they're leading a group, and they want to talk to you about it. So. Yes, yes. About three months ago, uh, Pastor Zach asked if we would be interested in doing uh, the video clip of our cell group. And I brought a little bit of anxiety because of getting in front of people. So Zach texts me uh, this week and said, you know, don't worry about the video. Why don't you just come up here live? <laughs> so, Zach, I want to thank you for increasing our anxiety over the last four days by about 100%. <laughs> but you know what? As I thought about that, this is our family. Yeah. We're family here. And this is a great segue to talk about what small groups have been to us. It's a smaller unit within a larger family, and it's a place for us where we have been amazingly fed, and we, grew, we, we were growing up in the Lord. I remember 1991, Tina and I, as we came to this church, uh, were invited by a couple, and uh, like most of you have given your life to the Lord here, felt that prompting where the Lord says, uh, this is your day, and I came up here. Tina didn't come up. She gave her life to the Lord in her pew. <laughs> but as I'm up here and giving my life to the Lord, it was amazing. My brother, who had been praying for us for 13 years, first person I called, and he was excited, and he told his wife, so that's Todd's a brother. And I didn't know what that wow. meant, but now I do. And in his wisdom, he knew that I needed to be in a, a group. So he invited us to his group. I went that Friday, and unbeknownst to me, that Sunday... Um, I was introduced to a great couple. They're over there, Vince and Donna Grimion, and we went to their group. And Vince, I don't know if you know it, but that initial seed that you were planting, calling us, and um, Tina would, Vince would call me several times a week, and Tina said, who is that guy? He goes, I don't know, but he's a nice guy, and he keeps calling me. I like it. So we really enjoyed that, and they've got us introduced to another couple, Glenn and Tracy Smith, and the rest was history. So we were involved regularly as uh, participants in that group, growing in the Lord, developing Amen. relationships, and it was wonderful. Well, in 1993, we had a small child and had a piece of property that we were looking to build a house. And Tina and I went to that house and uh, that property, laid our hands on it, and said, Lord, you were as if we build your house, you'll build ours. And um, he gave us that property, and we promised that we would always open up our home to anyone who had need, and to lead a, a group, to facilitate a group, or host a group. And for 20 years, that's what we've done. And it's been wonderful. It's Amen. been wonderful. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And how many know that um, seasons come and go, right? Um, at least like families, we have different seasons. Our first season was small kids. So we had... Uh, dozen upstairs and the adults downstairs it sounded like a bowling alley but 
now that we're empty nesters, we would never trade that moment, would we, those times. So we had those types of groups going on, and then as we um, developed even further, we um, got involved at Home Grilders, where we were uh, with married couples, and we had um, probably about seven years just doing that type of group at our house, and uh, that was another great season. But what was interesting um, is that through all of that, these seasons that come and go, we, are, we were finding, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do now with, with our group? Because we want to continue growing in our group. But um, we had our faithful six or seven after a while that are still part of our group, and we were praying. And um, how many know that many times we are closer to our spiritual family than sometimes our, our regular family, yeah, right? Are. God places us there. But interestingly, um, after praying a couple of years ago, my younger sister, who... Um, she called me. She goes, Todd, I, I'm, uh, I, I want to be a part of something. I know that um, I want to go cl- closer to God, and I know you ho- have this group. Can I come? I'm like, yes, please come. So she came, and she's on fire for the Lord. She loves Jesus. She's invited so many people of her friends. And what we were talking about, Tina, is that our group now, it's an interesting group. We'll have on two levels. One is that we have people who've maybe never been churched who come, those who, from different denominations who come, and they're coming because they just love the Lord. They hear the word. They get prayed for. They get hands laid on them. They're anointed with oil. Awesome. And the Holy Spirit moves, and they're awesome. part of a family, and it blesses us to be able to give and host and Amen. impart into their lives. And also, another dimension is that uh, we have different levels. We have 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60-year-olds, and the unique part is, about two years ago, my mother, who's 83, began coming to our group. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Here's a, a woman who gave birth to me, and God's given her new birth. It's amazing. It's amazing. So all of that, uh, I just have to say, I've been very thankful for the types of groups that we have here. And um, as an area leader... Um, we, a spinoff of those groups were um, marriage mentoring. So we, for couples who are, who are newly married, uh, there are a number of mentors here who reach out to that couple the first year of marriage, walk with them through that first year of marriage, walk alongside them, Amen. you know, to be there for them. And through that, there were a couple of other couples who decided, you know what, let's do a home builders group. So um, the Kents and the Nichols are doing home builder groups to reach out to married couples. I think the Kents have one coming up in September. But um, it's just been an amazing journey. And I was just wondering, how many here, by a show of hands, are involved in some type of small group here? Raise your hand. Wow. So look, hold your hands up for a second, but just look around. There's a number of people who are involved, and that's awesome, but there's a whole bunch who aren't. Yeah. So um, there's a reception after yeah. where you get an opportunity to meet some of the uh, Bible study uh, cell group leaders, small group leaders, and I would encourage you That's right. to get involved at some level because that is where ministry takes place, the body, ministering to the body. God places us in families. So Amen. I would encourage you to get involved. So God bless you awesome. all. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Good job. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Todd. Bless you. Awesome. Yeah, there is a reception, right, following the service this morning and in the back. And we're, I know there's a, n- a number of new groups starting um, this next week. 
And so it's, it'd be a great time to, to get plugged in if you're not currently attending a group. Thank you, Lord. Let's just come before the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, it's, it's able to, to discern, Lord, the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Lord, it's able to, 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 to correct and to direct and inspire and to cleanse and to heal. Lord, it's even able to convert, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray today that your word would come and, and have its full course in our lives, Lord Jesus. The word of God would become alive to us, the rhema, the living word of God, the sword of the spirit. Lord, it would penetrate our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to hear, Lord, not just the voice of a, of a preacher or a man or, Lord, or the words of a, of, of a book, but, Lord, let us hear the very words of God speaking to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I've, I wrote a blog recently about, um, I think it was yesterday's blog, it was about Martin Luther, and, um, you know, I'm still, every time I, I, I think about this story, I'm, I'm amazed at God's concern about details. And, you know, how many people think it was a coincidence that Martin Luther actually completed his translation of the the New Testament into the language of the people just as the printing press was invented. I mean, what a coincidence. Suddenly, the first, the first book to be published was the New Testament in the language of the people. I mean, that sounds like God to me. And the next thing you know, people all over Europe who had never had a chance to read the Bible in their language, never owned a Bible, especially in their language, got to read the Word of God for themselves, and they began to realize that God is speaking today. He's speaking, and He's speaking through a book. He's speaking through the written Word of God. But when we read it, when we, hear, when we read the Word of God, or we hear it read, or when we hear the Word of God preached to us, it actually has power. There's, there's anointing in the Word of God, and it's, it's, it transforms us. So this morning, the Word of God is, is here. I'm going to share the Word of God with you. And I believe God wants to speak to every person in this building this morning. He always does. And if you'll open your hearts, you'll hear. And he'll, he'll bring direction and correction, instruction, healing, whatever it is that's necessary in, in your life today. So I want to start with Hebrews chapter 1 this morning. And I want to talk to you about the glory. Everyone say the glory. The glory of the Son. The glory of the Son of God. In this passage, it says, God, who at various times, in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. So God has always been speaking since the beginning of time. David said that he was speaking through creation, that the creation was declaring the glory of God. And then the author of Hebrews said that in times past that God was speaking through the prophets. He was speaking through Moses and he was speaking through Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea and Malachi. He was speaking his word in various ways and, and little glimpses and snatches and snitches of, of the word of God. But it, it wasn't a full revelation of who God is and who God was. But in these last days, everyone say last days. In these last days, God has spoken his final word. And his final word that he's spoken, he's spoken to us in the person of his son who actually is the word of God. 
He is God's word, God's idea, God's creativity, God's thought about himself. It's God's revelation of himself. God has revealed himself to this earth. In 2,000 years ago, he revealed himself to this earth in the person of his son. And his son has spoken to us and, and his apostles have recorded the words of God for us. And God is speaking to us today in these last of days through the word of God. And as we give heed to the word of God, open our hearts to the word of God, it converts us, it delivers us from our sins, it heals our bodies and provides God's instruction and guidance of living our lives in this crazy, mixed-up world. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Everyone say heir of all things. Now, that means literally that Jesus Christ... The man, Jesus Christ. This man, Jesus Christ. God was not always a man. He became a man. God took on human flesh. He was born of a virgin, of a Jewish poor virgin in Nazareth of Galilee in Israel 2,000 years ago. He became one of us. And it's, it's, when he became one of us, he limited himself of his, hum, of his divine attributes in his humanity. He became a human being and took on human limitations. But in his, in his humanness, in his human humanness, he became, this is unthinkable to me, in his humanness, he became heir of all things. Heir of all things, everything. Everything that's ever been created, every star, every galaxy, every ocean, every continent, every country, every city, every ethnic group, every human being, he's become the heir and owner and possessor of all things. It includes you. You're part of his inheritance. You're part of the inheritance of Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of, on high. When I think of this scripture, Matthew 28, which we're going to read here in just a moment, Matthew 28, when I, for many years I read this scripture, and it was one of those scripture, was scriptures that I, I really could not quite wrap my head around it. There was part of this verse that was, actually, it was, it was quite disturbing to me when I read where it says, Jesus came and spoke to them, and he said, listen carefully to this statement, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, the reason that was disturbing to me, it's, he, was, he was acting as if this authority was something new that he had just been given after his resurrection. Now, as far as I could remember, Jesus is preexistent. He's always been. He's the eternal son of God. He's always been with the Father. He's always been in eternity with the Father before there was a universe. He was with the Father. He's the second person of the Godhead. And he was the owner and possessor of all things before his humanity. 
But this verse, listen carefully to me, this verse is not talking about Jesus as the Son of God. This verse is talking about Jesus as my representative and your representative as the Son of Man. As the Son of Man, as the Son of Man, this was given to him after his death and after his resurrection. He ascended from hell. He ascended from the grave, rose up, became a, a, a resurrected man, and all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth, was given to him. And he said, therefore, go in my name. Go in my authority, and you take authority in my name, and you make disciples of all nations. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. You lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. You'll cast out devils in my name. This was all about, about inheritance. He was looking for an inheritance. This inheritance that Jesus was after. This inheritance that Jesus was after was more than just the physical wealth of creation. More than just all the wealth that's in the ground, more than all the silver and the gold in this universe, more than all the animals in the universe, more than even the power and authority in this world. He was after one thing. It's why he came. He had, he had his eyes on redeeming fallen man. And at the end of the day, you and I have become his inheritance. We are his inheritance. I am the inheritance of Jesus Christ. I'm an heir of God. He is, I'm a fellow heir with Jesus Christ. He established a new and better covenant, and he inherited me. I became his portion. I don't know why he wanted me as his prize. I don't know why he wanted you as his prize, as his treasure. Why did he want you and your rebellious ways, you and your backslidden condition, you and your immorality, you and your drunkenness, you and your obnoxiousness before you came to Christ? But he was after you. He had his eyes on you. You are why he came. You're why he became a man. You're why he became one of us and walked amongst us. So Jesus Christ, as a man, as a man, he became heir of all things. Paul said it like this. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider rob it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. He took the form of a bondservant and he earned the rights as a bondservant because of his death. He earned the rights to be heir of all things. I became his purchased possession. Now the next phrase that Paul, that the author of Hebrews used was in, in that verse that we were reading in Hebrews chapter one. It says that he's not only the heir of all things, um, but also it says he's also, in verse number two, it says through whom, through Jesus Christ, through whom also he made the worlds. worlds. So he's, Jesus is not only the heir of all things, 
Jesus is also the creator of all things. He created all things. Now this, this is a profound mystery, something that, that's, you know, you can't quite comprehend it with your natural mind. Augustine used to preach about this all the time. He used to say, how could it be that the creator of all things became part of his creation? How did it happen? He lived outside of space and time. He, he actually invented matter. He created matter. There was a time when there was no matter. There was no substance. There was no universe. He came up with the idea of matter and substance, and he created it. And then, and then he created a thing that's common to us. It's called time. Time was not existent until he set it in motion. He spoke, and time was created. And he lived outside of it. He is the God who inhabits eternity outside of space and time. But in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, he was born of a virgin. And he somehow entered this creator God, entered into creation itself and walked amongst us. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He became one of us. The creator entered into his creation. But let's look back at the way Genesis says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering incubating, brooding as a, as, a, as a mother hen over her eggs. She was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, God said the word of God. Who is the word of God? Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. Then God said, what did God say? Let there be light. And there was light. This Jesus, this word of God, this father's idea of himself, this representative of the father, he began to speak and the creation came into existence. He created light. There was no light. He created the stars. He created the, the lights in the sky, the sun and the moon. And he created the, the spiritual light that lightens every man that comes to Jesus Christ. Light was created. He is the creator of all things. He's the creator of physical things. And he's the creator of spiritual things. He's the almighty God. John said it like this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Now here is one of those verses, or one of those phrases. You know, if we're not careful as Christians, we start picking up a, a, another language that some people call Christianese. And we use words, and we use terms, and we're not even sure what they mean. We just, everyone else uses them and acts like they know what they mean. So we use them and we act like we know what they mean too. I mean, I was like that with this one particular phrase for years. I, I used this phrase that everyone else used. And to be quite honest, I had no idea what it meant. And it was this. The, 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 in, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I didn't know what that meant. 
I did not know what it meant when, when the Bible said the Word was God's. I knew everybody said Jesus was the Word, but they also said that, that this was the Word. And I couldn't figure out how the written Word and the, this human person were the Word. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't understand how Jesus was the Word of God until one day I caught a glimpse of it. I heard a teaching about the Word of God. And I heard that I heard it explained to me that the Word of God, or the w- words are actually vocalized thoughts. Listen carefully to me. You think of something, you think about it, and you want to communicate to somebody that thought, and you have words. Humans have been given the ability to speak. We've been given the gift of language from our God. And we communicate creative thoughts with these vocal expressions of ideas that we have in our mind. We think about a chair, and we say chair. We think about light, and we say light. We think about blue. We say blue, and and we describe it to one another in detailed terms. But the greatest expression or the greatest description of any being is the description of God himself. And God longed to describe himself to human beings. He longed to describe himself to a fallen race who turned their back on him. And so he wanted to express himself in a way that they could understand. So the father had an idea of himself. He wanted to express himself to humanity. And he expressed himself in the person of his son. Jesus is the Father's idea of himself. Jesus is the Father's word, the Father's description, the Father's representation of himself. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became human, became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we behold, we beheld him full of glory. Hallelujah. So, Jesus is this person. Colossians 1.16 says it like this. For by him, by him all things were created. By who? It's talking about Jesus. By him, all things were created. All things were created. That includes